On July 4th, 1776, the American Enlightenment kids sent the following letter to King George III of England. Dear George, super awkward letter, but we've decided that this just isn't working for us anymore. We know we are all supposed to do what you say, but we've thought about it and it kind of seems like you're actually just a guy wearing a king costume. And we're not really sure why that means we all have to listen to you. We think it's self-evident that no one is born with the right to have powers over anyone else, except the people we own. Most of us own a significant number of people. That's a different situation. We'll explain that later. But the point is, you're not like ratter than us. You're just pretending to be in charge and everyone else is also pretending that you're in charge, but that actually makes no fucking sense. So we're going to stop pretending. So we're just writing this letter to let you know the new situation. You should totally keep doing you, but we're going to do us from now on. Also, we want to change our accent to something less elegant and smart sounding. And it's hard to do that if we're still part of the same country. We also generally kind of want to become a whole notch fatter and trashier over the next couple centuries. And we'll need some space to do that to the full extent. Okay, hands getting super tired. So going to go now. Bye. This is Tim Urban's recreation of the Declaration of Independence by the Enlightenment Kids. The Enlightenment Kids uh, declared their independence from England and then set about designing a giant's brain, designing their own nation, as it were. And you can think about this as a throwback to the Emergence Tower, and in this case, the U.S. Emergence Tower. And the U.S. Emergence Tower, um, for simplicity, has six levels. Starts at the individual, then the family, then the city, then the county, then the state, then the nation. Each one of these is nested uh, within the other. So states are within the nation, counties are within the states, cities are within the counties, families are within the cities, and individuals comprise families. And the American founders decided to endow individuals with certain inalienable rights, rights that could not be taken away from them, and then balance the power of government activities and the power of control across these different levels in the U.S. Emergence Tower. They took the idea of a dictator uh, with the dictator rule book and the dictator cudgel and the dictator brain and decided, hey, we need to split these things up. The rules should belong to a constitution. The cudgel, rather than people just being able to do whatever they want violently with a cudgel, needs to be the sole domain of a democratically elected government that would enforce the rules of the constitution. And then the dictator's brain uh, needs to be replaced by the citizen body. What do the citizens think? What, do, what kind of society do they want to live in? So we took the, they took the traditional dictator mindset and split it apart across a constitution, a democratically elected government, 
and appeal to the citizens in a democracy to determine what the actual objectives were going to be. The idea here is that the Constitution limits both what the government can do and what the citizen body can do. And the government enforces the rules upon the citizen body, and the citizen body uses elections to elect their representatives in the government. This was the idea that the American Enlightenment kids had. Now, this is built on an idea that, as I said a moment ago, that individuals should be free, that they have inalienable rights. And the Enlightenment ideals wanted to protect individuals' freedom, but they wanted to restrict it to a degree where your freedom interrupted another person's freedom. And this is called the harm line. This is the idea that we restrict some of our freedoms collectively to not harm others and that we give up a little bit of freedom so that our freedom does not harm others. Everything below that line are protected freedoms. Things above that harm line is limiting your freedom to harm others. And that's the freedom and harm line. And in restricting a little bit of freedom to ensure that people's basic rights are protected, there's this trade-off across government control in ensuring some of those uh, protections and protecting against harm and more or less government control in a society and more or less equality. We have a graph here that you can see where more government control is up on the y-axis and more equality is going down on the x-axis. And the idea here is that you let free markets will give some level of equality and the graph has it kind of in the middle and that with that gives us some middle level of government control to ensure kind of market stability, the ability to interact in a marketplace. And if we want to go from this point of kind of middling equality and middling government control, that is the where Tim Urban describes basically the red dot in this graph is where libertarians fit. But if we want a little bit more equality, that's going to require a little bit more government control. So that's going a little bit inward on the x-axis, a little bit towards the left and a little bit up on government control. That's where the blue dot on this graph is. And this is more uh, socialist. This is a little bit more equality and a little bit more government control. And Urban highlights in the Latin kids that most of the American debate is around this red and blue square that's drawn in this diagram. That the other areas are really restricted by the, um, the Enlightenment ideals and the American approach to them. So the hope was with designing the brain this way, the giant's brain this way, and designing the new society this way, is that we could move from the power games to the value games. And here you can see that we had a power games approach for economics, and we wanna shift that to a value games. In the power games mindset, you have individuals motivation and anything goes, so you can use the cudgel and you end up with things like nobles being in charge 
of everything, like a feudal system of sorts. And this limits severely most individuals' economic freedom. The idea of sh to shift to a value games is capitalism. We take the same human motivations, we remove the ability of cudgels, of forcing people to do things, and instead people have to use carrots. People have to use um, values of individuals to encourage them to participate in the marketplace. And this shifts us from a power games way of associating or distributing resources to a value games in the economic context. This is the difference between nobles and having entrepreneurs. You can think about this also as applying to the political games, moving from a power political games to a value political games. The power here is uh, noted by the red circles. So you have uh, motivation again, anything goes. So you can use the cudgel and you end up with this old school conqueror mindset that people don't have uh, freedom and their individual values don't matter. They're subjugated to that of the conqueror by the conqueror's cudgel. We might shift to a value games in politics by thinking about democracy and letting people's uh, motivations uh, added together without the use of cudgels so that politicians have to use carrots to uh, get people's attention and to get people to behave in a certain way. So rather than using the cudgel, you have to use these carrots. These things taken together give us uh, the blueprint for how we might create value games. And the idea with the value games is that um, the lower life uh, outcomes that might happen by chance are protected against. You can see that in the picture here between, say, a deck of cards and your life outcomes being in the second, third, fourth, fifth, or sixth spot. And that a in the value games, we would protect against those outcomes and then leave a range of choices to compete on values. And this is in the, in the picture you can see from seven up through ace and thinking of, again, a card deck. But the potential benefit of the value games is that over time, if we let people com compete and cooperate based on uh, values rather than violence, um, that the life outcomes will go up over time. And this is uh, arguably what we've seen from enlightenment is that over the past 200 years, the range of life outcomes that are possible has increased while still protecting against those worst case outcomes. This is the idea of the Enlightenment Kids from Tim Urban's The Story of Us, and I hope you've enjoyed this presentation.